Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Forever. Dog. Hello, welcome to Relatively Healthy. I'm Janie Stoller, your host. I'm so happy you're here listening and you're with me. And we have been doing a couple episodes lately about body image, diet, nutrition, health, and all the complicated things that come up in those very tricky areas. So today I'm bringing on a guest who is a comedian I really love and he's just a wonderful person and so open and great and smart. His name is Tim Murray. You can find him all over LA. He's a comedian. And um, I'm excited to talk with him because I have my own myopic experience with body image through a very small lens of just, you know, being a white, female, cis, hetero, all those things sort of like have contributed to the way I see body image in a very singular way. So um, talking with Tim, I'm really interested to hear about body image in his life and especially just he can't generalize for the whole gay community, but what it's been like for him as a gay male to come out and deal with body image issues um, that he has faced. So I hope you listen, you love and I really hope in the end we can find a way to inspire you to say, fuck it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Relatively Healthy. I'm here today with someone who I've admired for literally ever, and I'm so glad he's here. Please welcome comedian Tim Murray. Hi, everybody. Hi, Janie. Hi. Thank you so, so much. This is a dream to uh, have you on. Thank you so much for having me. This is, I've, I love that you said that you admired me because we, Janie and I both came from the New York comedy scene, and you were one of the first people to be like so welcoming and opening oh, with me. You. Yeah. I, just, I, was, oh, I was a fan. Yeah, we weren't friends in New York and then when you were here like okay now now yeah. I now I pounce yeah we did that one show at the pit together I that's think that's right yeah oh my god and I clombed onto the pit <laughs> let's start off the podcast talking about, about the, the pit, pit. just pit biz <laughs> so um I was actually just telling Tim before the podcast there's no easy way to like transition into hard topics and this one I think is very I'm very excited to talk about it I have my own experience with it but this show is not about me it's about <laughs> the guest and so I'm really curious like how our experiences have differed and how they've been similar and just talking in general to sort of like decrease stigma and the silence around eating disorders. Yeah. And so we talked a little bit before on email about how it's also tricky because eating disorder is like a very, it's very well-defined in like the DSM as a disorder, but there's a whole spectrum of disordered eating, body image, like all these things that make it confusing to know when something is quote unquote like wrong or off yeah. or unhealthy. So I it, want to talk with you just like about your your background and like your what sort of like history you've had with food, body image, all of that. Totally. Yeah. I, we had started before the podcast to talk a little bit about it's so interesting. It's so confusing. And I think a lot of that comes from what we were talking about is that people compare struggle so often. For so long, I was so afraid to say that I was anorexic because specifically for me, I went to college in Miami and I had female friends that were like, very clearly anorexic and had been diagnosed that way and had like been hospitalized for it. So I was like, okay, I can't say that, that, you know, I can't claim that. But I think, you know, just like anything else, comparing struggle is like so unhelpful. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think the more that we have these kind of conversations and you talk about whatever it is you're going through, that it can help people to be more open about it and um, 
Yeah, body image issues, I think, are something most people struggle with and either feel uncomfortable saying it or don't want to admit it or whatever it is. Yeah, totally. And like in the comparing struggle thing, I totally relate. I feel like, you know, I've had my experiences and then it's what, well, that person's been through treatment. I never went through treatment. You know, I like... I don't, I, and I'm, you know, neither of us is like a professional psychiatrist or whatever. So it's like, we don't want to offend people. Exactly. Who yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You're so afraid to like, to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's just important to like get everything in the open. So my experience with it was I was always like a very, um, chubby kid growing up. And then I went to college in Miami, sort of with the, like, now I realize the subconscious idea of like, oh, I'll go to Miami. I grew up in Ohio. And I was like, I'll go to Miami because I'll come out there. Mm. And that'll be safe. Like, there's definitely gay people in Miami. <laughs> and I was right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, like, in the first, you know, two months, I came out of the closet. I, like, admitted that I wanted to do performing for a living in, in some sort of way because I originally didn't go to school for that. and there was a pool on our campus. (laughs) Like literally all anyone does there is like go to the beach and like, you know, fitness culture is so huge Mm -hmm. there. So in like the first, probably the first two months of college, I lost like 40 pounds. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like fast and wild. Wow. Yeah. Did you have a summer lead up of that or were you like? Not at all. Yeah. It was really, really quick. Like I worked at the local Ruby Tuesday (laughs) in the Sandusky Mall in Ohio. And there I was just eating, you know, every burger and fries (laughs) and thing that I could get my hands on. And that was always my experience in my life. And I loved like being the happy, funny kid who didn't really worry about how I looked. Mm -hmm. And I think a a big part of that was like, you know, not having sex and not having really a sexual identity and then getting thrown to the wolves in this like hypersexual environment. I just was like, okay. And I, I pretty much only ate celery for lunch for like my whole freshman year of college. Oh my God. Yeah. And during that time, did you feel like Yay, I'm doing it. Like, how are you feeling? Yeah, unfortunately, like, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think and people don't talk about that. They really don't. Yeah. And I don't know your experience with this. Yeah. I would love to hear about it. But yeah. if, whenever people would tell me they were concerned for me, unfortunately, that made me happy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, great, it's working. Yep. It's like, so it's a sickness. It's a sickness. Yeah. That's such a sign of the sickness. Like, people reaching out and being like, I'm concerned you're losing weight. It's like, oh my God, really? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank, yeah. Oh my God, thank 100%. you. It's yeah. crazy. And then you do the other sad thing about it is like, because body image, it's not, it's not made up. Like, you do get positive reinforcement from people. Mm-hmm. It's not just you look sick. A lot of people, dealing with the own sickness that's infiltrated everyone else yeah. will say you look great. And that is so messed up too, because so messed then up. you go in your head, like, I know I'm not doing great. Like, right, I am right. not healthy. And this person thinks I look great. It's all messed up. Yeah. This gives me value. And it's like, especially in the gay world, like I cannot tell you how many guys that uh, there was one guy that I had a huge crush on specifically. And it's impossible to like blame this on one person at all. But this was definitely like a triggering moment for me. It was, I just remember him. He was like this gorgeous little dancer boy. And he was like, oh, Tim Murray just came out of the closet. I would totally have sex with him if he wasn't so fat. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you hear that through the grapevine? Or- yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Which also, who do even knows if it's true? You know, right, like maybe right. maybe that guy didn't say that. Also, fuck the messenger in that scenario. Honestly, what? always fuck the messenger. Honestly, fuck the messenger. <laughs> the messenger almost always has like some weird ulterior motive, not just yes. in regards to body image, but it's like, why are you telling me this? Yes. I did not want to know that. No. no. There's so many little <laughs> things, too. Like, I remember... I mean, I've had a history. It started with like when I was 12 and when I went to college, I too was from the Midwest and kind of like there, you know, there's, it's different. You know, you yeah. eat a lot. It's cold. You got to, it's gotta part of the culture. Up. You got to warm up. You got to warm up with fries. Right. And then I went to like this East coast school and I remember I was going to go to the gym and I had like a sports bra and shorts on and a girl just said to me, tummy. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. And that really spiraled How me for old a very long time. Like 18. Oh my God. And I know now in retrospect, that's something probably her mom said to her or she felt about herself and she didn't even know yeah. she was doing it. Yeah. But it's these little things like comments about your weight that either make you feel deep shame and propel you down a dark path or you're already on that path and then it's reinforcement. It's like uh-huh. the commenting on bodies in general is so tricky. Like I really, I think- 
now I try to not do it at all yeah. and just assume if someone lost weight, it's not a good thing. Like, <laughs> oh, great. you lost. I'm like, I'm worried you lost weight. But right. Like, yeah. But I don't say it. Yeah. I, say I think it. that's a smart approach because it is one of those things where it is like sensitive based on each person. And yeah. I think maybe one day we can get back to a point where we are able to comment on each other's bodies. But at least right now at this point in society, there is way too much value placed on it yes. in a way that is harmful. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's so sad too. Like you came out and that was your intro to like life as an out gay man. Yeah. was like this body image pressure was part of it. Yeah. And I don't know if you felt like that was some, an introduction to it, a part of this world you didn't know about. Cause it feels, I'm very naive about like body image uh, for gay men. I know it's a huge issue. I think it's really underreported and under-researched, under-discussed. Like women's eating disorders are considered very separate from like the way men have them, but I think they're very similar yeah. beasts. Like yeah. they're, there's a lot in common. Yeah. They're, they're definitely super under-researched and not talked about very often, which is interesting. But at the same time, I understand it because it, it really isn't fair to compare the gay male experience to the female experience. It's right. like women have to deal with this. Like, I mean, you tell me, but like, I feel like from a much younger age and in the media, it is much more like shoved in all of our faces Yeah, of like, you know, you watch. And I think maybe a lot, a big part of that is like, there hasn't been very much gay media right, throughout right. time. But like, you know, you're like, I just watched white Christmas and I was like, Oh my God. Vera, is that her name? Vera? Uh, I'm not sure, but she, she's just like, you know, very, very, very small. Yeah. And that was like the culture. Right. Like from the, as far back as movies go. Yeah. Like they're portraying women in this way that is, uh, you know, really putting on a pedestal this idea of being like ultra thin. And we, you know, come to find out later, she was anorexic and really suffering. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the the thing with gay males, I think... I think we're definitely reaching a very interesting time because especially for gay men, almost all value is given to physical appearance, physical fitness specifically. It's like you open your Instagram and it is only like a boy with an eight pack and like a gorgeous face, usually masculine presenting and usually white is like the person that everyone is liking and clicking on. And I think it really hurt my career for a long time mm. because, oh, I was so dying to tell you about this weird revelation I had. In the, I was like in the gym in New York like a few years ago and I was listening to the RuPaul podcast. And I it was RuPaul and Wendy McClendon Covey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I love you that. You love that episode? I love that episode. I love that it's episode. so good. It's yes. incredible. It it like you must listen it's to so it. It's so good. It's so inspiring mm -hmm. and so interesting. And I had this bizarre moment where I was like, there's a part of me in my core that knows that I'm super inspired by all these incredible things that this comedic woman has to say about um, the business. And then there's a larger voice inside of me saying, who cares? Mm. Why does any of this matter? All you need to worry about is being hot enough for the men in front of you right now to want to fuck you because everyone around me was, you know, huge muscles and, and, and everyone is looking around at each other and sizing each other up in the locker room. And I had this moment of like, wait, why is this thing that I know I'm inspired by being like silenced by this mental illness in my brain saying like, that is not important. Yes. And that is so, I totally relate to that because there's, it's the idea that like, we don't get the luxury of going a hundred percent in on anything because all of those things hold us back so much because we are told all these things. We are fed these images, fed these beliefs. Our brains are never at like a hundred percent. Yes. I'm firing on all cylinders capacity yeah. because of all that stuff. Like you're having a realization about your power and that specific podcast she talks about being super tenacious and like claiming your space and being how hard it is to be an actor, but just like keep sticking it out. Yeah. And then we still get told while we're start trying really hard to believe that, like, it's also not true. It's also not true. It's also not true. Yeah. So, I mean, the most successful times of my life, like I was in, um, 50 shades musical off Broadway and we ran for a year and a half and I was like paying my rent as an actor. And I was like, this is incredible. Every single show, there were shirtless guys in the show. And I was very funny. I thought in that show, but every single show from people, my age to like my parents, friends age would come up to me. And the first thing they would say was, Oh my God, those guys' bodies are incredible. <laughs> the first thing without fail. Oh every time God. I was like, Whoa, this is what the amount of value put on that is so wild to like I'm 
finally fulfilling my lifelong dream. <laughs> hey, I was in it too. <laughs> hey, and those guys didn't have lines. Right. They didn't do anything. Right. They just and I love them. They're also wonderful people, but it's wild the amount of value put yes. on that. And I also ghost wrote for a long time for a social media influencer who mm-hmm. is like a gay hot uh has a million followers. Also a very good friend of mine and a wonderful person, but uh, you know, has gotten to the point where he is for taking his shirt off on, in, on Instagram. What's the end game with that? Uh, honestly, to make like a buttload of money. And, and then just check out. To check out. Yeah. Because like you can't do that forever. Uh, and and I, we haven't seen the end game yet. And it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. I, I agree. Like, I really do think it's, it's going to be hard for him and for all the people that are doing that right now, like women and men. Yeah. Uh, it's just like what your body changes over yeah. time and that's natural and it's supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, and when you see people fighting it, it's really sad when it's you see hard. how much work people put into fighting nature, which was Wendy McClendon Covey's whole point of like, mm-hmm. she's like, I have always been this person and I've always known that like, I don't need to come up in the world as a sex pot. I'm going to come up in the world as a comedian. Yeah. And now I think she's like clearly very happy that that's the path. And it worked that she out. Took. Yeah. And it worked out. And that's one of those things where I feel like, for her and I feel like for a lot of people that um, lead with their art or like the thing that they're good at rather than their physical appearance, mm-hmm. the, the thing that makes them feel creative, I feel like that so often leads to like long lasting happiness. Yes. Yes. And like poking fun at the sort of norm and like the idea of what you're supposed to be instead of trying to you know devote so much time to attaining it. Yeah. But it, it's hard when you feel like you're an individual and it's the whole world. Like it feels sometimes like such an uphill battle and the amount of work it takes to like be in a healthy mental space when we're fed so many images and it's all around us. It, it can be really overwhelming. I don't know when you were in college and you lost all that weight, like were you able to navigate to a more healthy mental place or do you feel like you were sort of swimming in that for a while? I got very lucky in that at the end of that, my freshman year is where I really was able to stop that, um, like very dangerous behavior. I obviously still deal with it today, but um, nowhere near as as deeply. And that was because I got into like the conservatory acting program and I had this like creative outlet that was mm. more important to me in that moment. Like the challenge was so huge in that way of like, you're, you're going to all of a sudden going to have to be doing uh, all this, this, these really intense acting things and trying to, you know, make your way in that world that I had something that I could shift my focus on. And that definitely helped. Also, at the end of that year, I don't know if it was like the, this for you in college, but like it's still sort of like high school where the upperclassmen are so cool to you. You're like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to an upperclassmen party. And I went to my friend's birthday, who was an upperclassman, and I wanted to impress her so much. I thought she was just like the coolest, most talented person. And I hadn't eaten for like a while when I went. And it was at like a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> and cool. we were, yeah, I'm done. 18, living the dream. Get out of there. Let the children have fun. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I think I was on like one of those like little like horses that go back and forth. And my whole body just started shaking. <gasps> And I like couldn't stop shaking. Oh and my God. the upperclassmen that I wanted to impress so much were like, what? Are you okay? Like, what's going on? And I just literally like my whole body was shaking. I couldn't stop. And I ran to the bathroom and I threw up. <gasps> I was never bulimic. I never um, purposely threw up. Mm-hmm. But in this moment, my body, I think, was just like, you need to, I think I was like giving myself an anxiety attack. Mm. Like, you need to figure this out because you're not giving me the nutrients that I need to wow. survive. Yeah. Wow. And so that moment really scared me. And I think that that helped a little bit. Um, yeah. And then also finding a creative outlet, which has helped so much in my adult life, too. Like, I think it is so, so important to find something else to focus on. Yeah. That is. Um, inspiring to you and honestly maybe even that you're just as obsessive about right 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 that's so true you're like channeling an obsessive yeah. quality right and it's also something about eating disorders that I think is like well research is that part of it a lot of it is about like a need for control and mm. if I can control my food and my intake and be very meticulous about this then I'm in control of everything and a lot of people who 
like you go back to food as like the primary way. Okay. My life is in chaos. I don't have these things going on. I'll just like deal with this. This will give me value. This will give me meaning. And so when you're saying like, I'm going to find something else that actually gives my life very valuable meaning that is bigger than my body that takes off the pressure on like food because you're, it's like, of course not. That's not the most important thing. I'm doing these other things. It's that's, I think you're just nailed it. That's so true. And I, after that thing happened in the gym, I remember clocking how weird it was and being like, this is not good. Like you used to have this thing inside of you that was like, be creative all the time and you could be a star one day and like make things happen for yourself. And this ambition that I'd completely lost it focusing entirely on my physical appearance. Mm -hmm. And I, when I started taking improv, I would like walk around New York city. And I think I don't, I would love to talk about this, but my body dysmorphia has uh, shockingly been curbed so much by moving to Los Angeles. Mm. I've, it has helped me to move here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's everyone's experience, but in New York, I was just, again, we're talking about comparing yourself to people. You're just so inundated with people all of the time mm -hmm. on the train, in the gym, at auditions, at your job. Like you're always seeing people. So for me, it was just like, wow, that person's hot, 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 hot. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> fucking hot and I'm garbage. It's like the thing going around in my brain. And then when I started taking improv, I would walk around New York City and I remember thinking, like seeing a guy walk by and being like, I wonder if he's funny. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And I was like, whoa, what is that? That's the voice. That's your actual yes. voice. That's what you actually wonder about people. Right. That's what you really want to know. That's what you love. Yes. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think here I've just, this is really mean, but I've just like assumed people here aren't all funny. So if they're it's hot, true. I'm like, oh, they devote their whole <laughs> life to it. Like that's what they, that's what they've focused on. But it is, it's just, it drives me crazy. Like I know so many capable, wonderful, smart, talented people. And it's still, it's not us. It's society. It's a sickness mm -hmm. that they will still be criticized for their looks. That's reality. Like yeah. even, you know, I know that Twitter and Instagram are not reflections of our greatest, truest society and our best selves, but you see people put themselves out there and then like the trolls come for their weight and yeah. you see people, you know, doing amazing things and they'll always attack the looks first because it is just like the most vulnerable, the easiest to go for. And it's like primal. I mean, yeah. people really are not evolved past that looks good. That looks bad. And you think about how complex people are. And it's just like, I hate that so much. It sucks so hard. It sucks so hard. Yeah. Because even when we do all the work to to feel good about ourselves, to find balance, to tune it out, it's still there. And like, it's other people putting it on us. Yeah. I don't, And also like with dating, being vulnerable with that, you know, you're subjecting yourself to other people's gaze, which Ugh. is really frustrating because yeah. you know, like these people are trash. They're trash <laughs> people. Know? They're trash people. Don't give your heart away to trash people. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're yeah. going to judge you based on your looks. Like, that's, even if you're going to be kind about them, they're not going to be so kind about you. Like, yeah. it's just how most And we're living in this digital age of, like, here is just a physical picture of myself. Decide if you're attracted. Which <laughs> we know, like, again, you were talking about your animal instincts of, 
I'm going to judge people. And it happens on both sides of the coin. Like mm-hmm. we, we, you know, say that people are too skinny or too fat or too whatever it is. And none of it is healthy or cool or okay. Um, and then we're putting just one photo of ourselves. And we know, even within our animal instincts, like when you meet people, that's when you figure out if you're attracted to them. Yeah. Like the number of times I would like hook up with a guy that I thought was quote unquote so hot on Grinder, And then um, you, did you ever kiss somebody where you're like, oh, you, your mouth tastes like old poop. <laughs> <laughs> Not specifically old poop, but I know the vibe. But your pheromones are (laughs) so off that you're like, oh, this is this is bad. Or like you kiss their neck and you're like, or even just like the way they sit. You're like, I could not have been able to tell from (laughs) this profile. You sit weird. You're a weird sitter. (laughs) Or they like say something mean to the waiter, or they like have an annoying opinion about Kelly O'Hara. Wait, who is that? (laughs) Don't even get me started. I went on a date with this one guy who was like, I thought she was bad at South Pacific. And I was like, check, please. (laughs) I hate people. (laughs) The worst. I know. Just the worst. I know. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, we don't have to talk about that. But it's true. You you are um, being inundated with just this like simple physical picture of people and then we do it ourselves we and do it ourselves i even do it on instagram i've, I've like clocked myself i like go back through my feed and be like look i went through a week of just like posting photos where i felt physically fit and or again, attractive it's or whatever like, this is going to give me validation i'm going to wait for the likes to pour in am i attractive like mm-hmm. am i you know evolutionarily sound it's just right. so primal yeah it's weird with instagram too so growing up you know, for women, like we were fed images from TV magazines, but we weren't as exposed to Instagram booty culture, mm. like fitness freaks, yeah. the Photoshop bodies, these people who their whole life is like sponsored ad dollars for their posts. Yeah. And seeing how men respond to those people. And then also like, you know, porn's good and fine, but now the amount of porn people are exposed to. I think that affects people's ideas of like what a normal human body is and what's acceptable. So it's more like an insidious thing now, I feel, because it used to be out there. Like I used to get mad about, you know, the woman on like the cover of Vogue being too thin to sort of set a body standard. And now I'm like, it's all under, it's like this underground, like seedy stuff of like the secret porn people are watching, the Instagrams they're following, the sort of stuff they're looking up on the internet. I think it's just been like shoved down and then gotten more extreme. Totally. And it's even more dangerous, I guess, because these are average everyday people photoshopping their bodies before we were able to look at it through this lens of like, oh, this is a porn body. Like this woman or this man has like a very specific, uh, beautiful image curated for this or such and such is on the cover of Vogue and they are curated for this. But now- your local grocery store clerk can, who you see in real life, can then get on Instagram and Photoshop themselves or just take like a really good picture and really good lighting. Yeah. And then you are just inundated with that image of average everyday people, just like you, again, the comparison thing, um, are more beautiful than you. And and what that even looks like and what that means. I think we are making some progress as far as like thinking very skinny bodies are beautiful, very... uh uh, big bodies are beautiful in, in a small way, but then you're right. Like then you can curate exactly mm-hmm. what you're seeing and fo- only follow what you want to see. Yeah. And sometimes you are purposely hurting yourself by following, uh, you know, people that are not going to give you a healthy mm-hmm. self image. Yeah. Yeah. And image. that's like strange too, when you're attracted to like that, but also not it yourself and that kind of thing. Mm. Like, that happens playing, in the gay community you're like playing in, but you're also a victim of it. Totally. Totally. And that's so hard. It's really hard. It's a really hard thing to reverse and change. I think the best advice that I gave to myself, first of all, go to therapy, Yeah, go to therapy. Like yeah, everyone should go to talk therapy. There's a, if you're listening and you're in New York city, there's a place called Iptar that is pay what you can that I started going to. It's $35 a session. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It can be as low as that. I think they, you know, ask you what your income is. And I was like, "Uh." (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, last year I reportedly made $9,000 for this year. (laughs) They're like, "Uh, yeah, you can have the low price. (laughs) Yeah. $35. Yeah. (laughs) $35. Um, But 
yeah, I, I went there. There's like definitely like the LGBT center. There's um, places where you can go that it's free even. And that completely changed everything to me. I will, I wrote down in my phone and was um, deleting notes recently. And I was like, oh, I need to remember to say this to Janie. I wrote down um, something that I had said to my therapist that she was like, hmm, maybe you should repeat that. And it was just something very simple like, God, just because someone is physically attractive doesn't mean I should give them whatever they want. Mm. And she was like, oh, say that again, maybe. <laughs> I was like, oh, one. I see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. That's very, very good advice. It, I, there's like, I yeah, I, I've been to therapy and like I haven't. So what's weird with my story is I started, I think, well, a lot of it comes from I started out in dance and I don't yeah. think that is like the reason, but it was just sort of a nice place for that to flourish where literally like you're you're wearing you know skin tight clothes and you're standing in the mirror and you see how thick your body is compared to every other girl and you see some have a dancer's body and you don't and like I loved dance but I never had a dancer's body and then I remember when um I actually so I learned I was bulimic and I learned from an an uh made for tv movie about the dangers of bulimia how to throw up and I actually read that that's very common. I think I've seen this movie. Yeah. 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 Like a lot of young people see these movies and that's how they learn, which is really unfortunate. It's like, like we're talking about with this warped idea. Yeah. It's this cautionary tale. And you're like, oh, that looks awesome. Yeah, exactly. I got to do that. Exactly. So I would like come home and like watch the Rosie show and binge. Don't tell Rosie. Like I want her to always think that I love her. But I, so I would watch the Rosie <laughs> show and binge. That's my ritual. And then I would purge. And I don't know if like my family knew or not because for like- I was clearly running up to the upstairs bathroom to throw up. Yeah. But there's no reason why a 12 year old girl eats a ton of food and then goes upstairs. Like yeah. that's pretty much a red flag. And at some point I had been doing that for a really long time and I actually was gaining weight. Cause I think that happens to a lot of bleed mixes. Like yeah. you aren't actually throwing up the food, all the food you're eating. And I threw up blood and I was like, Oh, this is it. I'm done. And then I sort of went, I swung the other way and I went into um, well, I went into like exercise bulimia. Cause I, so I started track and I was like, this will make yep. me healthy. And then I became obsessed with exercise and then when I was in college, I was like obsessed with like orthorexia, which is like when you're obsessed with rules and you have a specific rule and a specific way of eating. And that's also really tricky because some people say I'm gluten free, I'm vegan, I'm all these things. And sure, but also that could be orthorexia because you're just disguising the fact that like you have enough rules to uh, sort of validate your eating disorder. Yeah. So it's like then, yeah, you only eat carrots. That's the eating disorder. Yeah. You know? So I went through that and then I've gone through the process over time of going through all these waves of like, I accept myself, fuck it. I hate myself, whatever. And I think like the thing that scares me and the thing that I've woken up to is I'm in my thirties and I realized at one point, oh, I'm still dealing with this shit. Mm -hmm. I thought when I was 12, 20 years ago, I'd yeah. be done. And I didn't think this would last forever. And you start to realize the beliefs I have about myself, my body, food, they are going to be, they're going to be there forever. And it's like my job just to do my best. And I don't want to live the rest of my life worried about if I ate cake or not and feeling guilty. Like totally. that just takes away so much of the quality of your life. And at a certain point you're like, why am I still thinking about this? Yeah. It's been 20 years. Yeah. It's crazy. It's hard, but I feel like I feel like the thing is like, try not to beat yourself up. Yeah. Try not to be hard on yourself. And this is the tricky thing with body image stuff is we have mental illnesses and yeah. like, that's okay. Like there's something inside of your brain that is, that is doing that to you. Mm -hmm. And you need to like, like really tell yourself like, this is okay. It's okay that these thoughts are coming up. They'll probably come up forever. And most people have mental illnesses. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like we, you're, you know, we're not alone in this and, that sucks. Like, I hate that we're both going to go through it forever and there will be ups and downs. But yeah, I feel like the kinder you can be to yourself to say, like, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to have this stuff come up and this like just like any other kind of illness, you know, it's like this is something I'm going to have to deal with for as, you know, as long as I'm alive. Yeah. And so many people will as well. So many people. We're all just in it. We're all in the same society. The things that are you're hearing and seeing and you're you're clocking it the same way the next person is. We're all we're all sick from the same bigger picture sickness of just being obsessed with image. Yeah. 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 Completely. So, I was yeah. um deleting notes on my phone I was telling you earlier and I forgot. I found a note that I wrote to myself 
Can I read it to you? Please. I, I, I can't remember if it's good or not, but I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, I wrote this to myself three years ago, I think when I was in like, uh, I think maybe like a high point of like, okay, you're, you're having a clear headed moment right now. When you're feeling bad about yourself and your body after looking at pics of hot people on Instagram all day, remind yourself, did you move to this city to be really hot? Was your childhood dream to have a lot of people want to bang you? <laughs> no. Uh, stay focused and embrace what you're good at and be proud of the things you're achieving and the things you're uh, and be proud of the things you're achieving. Don't get down on yourself for not having a six pack and 10,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> eight year old you wouldn't be impressed by that. Oh, Make eight year old you proud. That is so good. Isn't oh my that God. nice? That's I was so like, good. Yeah. And you're so smart to write that down because it's sort of the thing where you're like, I know I won't feel this way forever. I've got to know that this is the truth. And the next time that shit comes up, I got this so I can remind myself. Always write it down. That's my other piece of advice. Is mm. If you're having a moment where you're like, we're feeling really good about something. You're like, wow, I'm really generally happy. Yeah. And I think this can help a little bit with like depression and anxiety as well. Like a lot of different uh, things that people struggle with, write down the thing that's making you happy and try to do that. Yeah. Same with when you're unhappy. Like if you're like, why am I feeling so shitty today? Yeah. Did I scroll a bunch today? Did I, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is that could be making you feel bad, Write that shit down and then write down like a thing that make you feel good. That's great advice. Also, some a conclusion that's come out on many podcasts is it's okay to either take a break or leave Instagram. Like you do not have to participate. Oh my God. There's so much pressure to you feel like you're missing out if you're not on it. If it is not conducive to a healthy life for you, you do not have to be on it. Like honey, get rid of get it. Get rid of it. <laughs> Delete that Delete. shit. I know. It's just yeah. another, it's an it really bothers me. It is just another way to feel inadequate in mm -hmm. every capacity. And for people to judge you, it goes the reverse. You know that they're looking at you a certain way. So that I think is a hundred percent valid if you're like, I'm done, I can't do this. This is not helping me. Yeah. Therapy, write down things that make you feel good when they feel good. Probably get off Instagram. Also, like with dating, it's pretty unavoidable. People are gonna be shitheads. But I think like the thing that has helped me when I was like on the apps and stuff was just being like, if it is the right person, they will see through like whatever flaw you think you have. You don't want to be with someone who's that shallow anymore. You really don't. Yeah. And honestly, write down the things you love about yourself mm -hmm. and the things that you're looking for in someone else. Yeah. Make it simple and clear. Like for me, I wanted to be with someone who's going to, this is so, so sad. I, my biggest goal was to be with someone who's going to respect me. <laughs> like Wait, what I, a baseline <laughs> fucking thing. Mm, I really want someone to just like not treat me like absolute. The truth is there are so many <laughs> listeners right now who are writing that down. Like what a good idea. Because it, it really is. <laughs> It, I will never forget when I met my now boyfriend. We've been together for two years. But before him, I was just like, you know, fucking every single breathing person in New York City. <laughs> and being, and reali not realizing it was all f in uh, search of validation of if some if the person that I considered to be really hot wanted to have sex with me, that meant that I was valued. Right. You know, worth something. Right. Um, and then I met someone who values being funny and mm -hmm. values being kind. And I set the boundaries on our very first date. That was, you know, some people might think this is a little crazy, but you can do it in a way that is not abrasive. I just sort of said, you know, we were having like an in-depth, deep conversation. And if you're getting deep with each other, I was just like, um, it really bothers me when I'm on a date with another gay man and he points out when someone else is hot, hot. Or mm -hmm. sexy or yeah. attractive. Yeah, that should be baseline. Yeah, yeah. that's like, sh but I think probably 95% of the guys I would go out with <sighs> would either within the first three weeks tell me how hot one of my friends were. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Big time. Like uh, every single time. And I was ghost and I was in this show with these conventionally hot guys ghost writing and doing sketches with this Instagram hottie. So they would often message me and ask you know, imply, can you hook me up with them? That's so gross. It was so gross. Cut those people out of your life. Yeah. And truly like look, and, and this is a hard thing because you have to recondition yourself. So many of us are conditioned to like this specific body type and this specific body image. And that's what you search for. Maybe stop watching that porn mm -hmm, for a while. Mm -hmm. Like masturbate to your memories, I think mm -hmm. is like such good therapy advice. Mm -hmm. Um, and Try to masturbate to things that make you 
feel good. Yeah. Try not to um, continue the cycle of stimulating yourself to things that are like, you know, a person with a quote unquote perfect body or whatever. Like think about like people, you know, in real life that have more normal human bodies and what about that excites you. Yeah. And that's like an important reconditioning thing, I think. And a hundred percent. It is reconditioning. We are such little rats with light up, Mm. you know, sort of like stimuli in our head of just, if this, if you do something more, it reinforces it. If you do something less, it goes away. And so there are so many things we can't control and so many factors here, but like, it's about the things you, the values you have, the values you care about and cultivating those things and like making sure you do your best in your life to not be contributing to things that cause you pain. So Mm. I think that's really, really important. That is such, such a beautiful, great way to put it. My other big, uh, advice is to watch RuPaul's Drag Race yes. <laughs> because yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's yeah, talk about that. I, I, yeah, you go ahead. Well, for me, I've, so I am so obsessed with that show. I think because, well, for so many reasons, obvious reasons, but specifically like the thing related to this is just the idea that like RuPaul's big idea that you are God in drag. It's like, mm. look at your body, like this beautiful miracle canvas and you can do with it what you want. And identity doesn't really matter. It's all ephemeral and movable and don't get too attached because like, whatever, just do whatever. It just, it takes away all of the desire, like the idea of like what you're supposed to look like and be. And it just turns it all on its head and says like, fuck identity, fuck being too like tied to whatever way you want to describe yourself. You're totally amorphous. You're everything. So just like Use all the colors in the crayon box. Use all the colors in the crayon box. Use all that fabric that's back there. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. It just makes you feel so good. And I think, especially for gay men, it's such an important show because, and women too, but there's something about when I first started watching it, that same sort of feeling of being like, wow, these uh, guys are walking around in the workroom without any clothes on. And like, they don't have these like Instagram perfect bodies aren't they concerned about that? No, the fuck they're not. Or or maybe they are, but it, in that moment, it doesn't matter. All they could think about because they only had, you know, this f- laser focus on was being the best at the thing that they wanted to be the best at. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only pieces of gay media that exists that isn't entirely about sex. Mm. It's about being good at something mm-hmm. and embracing um, the things that you love about yourself, femininity being a huge part of it, which is so empowering and great. Um, and yeah, poking fun at the whole idea of like what it means to be sexually desired or beautiful or female or male or whatever it is. Yeah, totally. And it's not, none of it is to please the male gaze. It's sort of to mm. fuck with it. Love that. I think like part of what's interesting about drag to me is some people go into drag and are these beautiful pageant queens where they're, you really like, they're very fishy. You're like, this yeah. person could win a pageant. They're yeah. conventionally beautiful. And then some people are like, fuck it. And they do these crazy things. And it just turns, yeah, like you're saying, gender, beauty, all these things on their head. And it's really inspiring just to see people who are like totally free and doing things that are just like inspired outside of the box and not thinking about the like things you're supposed to do or the way you're supposed to look. And then they're rewarded. And then they're rewarded. Which never happens. Right. You know, it's like, it's so upsetting, but like you see these people post like empowering messages on Instagram and it's like, I look this way or feel this way or my body is imperfect. And those posts do not get the kind of like <laughs> likes that this person with a quote unquote perfect body. Or that perfect body quote unquote person will post yeah. like, I, I love my flaws. And you're like, what are what? you talking Blah. about? <laughs> you stupid idiot. Yeah. Yeah. That's infuriating. It is so infuriating. Yeah. I actually had a really interesting conversation about that with, I teach acting to teens and one of the girls was started talking about her body dysmorphia. There's like probably 15 girls and then one openly gay uh, boy. And so she started talking about it and I sort of just like let her talk until it got to a point where some of the things she was saying might be damaging to the other kids listening. And I was like, But I wanted to hear what she had to say. And she um, was basically, you know, she's 13 years old and Mm. was like, I go in for auditions, you know, child actors, uh, which is already sad and upsetting. But she was like, I go in for auditions and I can't think about the acting that I'm doing. I'm thinking about my tummy. I'm thinking about my my body. And um, 
you know, how it upsets me. And then before I could even like reach in to stop that way of thinking and try to recondition another girl in the 15 year old girl in the class was like you are beautiful <laughs> you need to know you're beautiful your body is beautiful and i was like yes People go over like, why is the teacher crying <laughs> <laughs> and i was and, and i was and i was like I, I tried to and i hope i got through to her but i tried to reinforce that like you loving yourself and you knowing that you're beautiful and confident is beautiful yeah and it even specific because when we were told that I feel like as kids you're like fuck off you're yes, so full of shit totally. the same thing is like your bullies are only bullying you because they're insecure well no they were pretty confident <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're so like you're too smart as a kid yeah, to believe you know, that shit you're you like know. you're like no I don't I don't buy it but I was like no really like really hear me when I say this like if these casting directors aren't judging your bodies and fuck, maybe some of them are. And fuck those, people. fuck those people. But for the most part, they want to see you come in with confidence and be happy and good. And that carry that with you for the rest of your life. That makes you beautiful. And she also went on a tangent about how, like, I see some of my other friends who are conventionally thin and they hate their bodies. And that really pisses me off mm. because I'm I'm like, you're a model gorgeous. You're you're you shouldn't you have no right to be upset and i was like body dysmorphia doesn't discriminate right like even these people that are like i'm sure there are people that are listening to this that maybe there's even people listening to this that are those instagram models right that are conventionally gorgeous but the most gorgeous person i've ever quote-unquote gorgeous person i've ever seen in my life like uh a classmate of mine in college who was in you know commercials with beyonce and like truly a supermodel has the worst self-image of, mm. of anyone I know. Yeah. It, you know, it really doesn't discriminate. It is people are seeing a different thing when they look in the mirror because of what their brains are telling them. Yeah. And I think the more we can all talk about it and, um, and you know, maybe I even said things on this podcast that were problematic or, and need to be addressed. That's great. Tell me, help me learn, you yeah. know? And like the, the more that we can like have these open discussions with people, I think, the better off we will all be. I, I agree. I think mental illness, body image, you know, issues, dysmorphia, all these things are not talked about. There's very, there's a lot of stigma around it. I also feel pressure sometimes. And I've talked, I talked with um, Janice Schmidt when she was on the podcast about body positivity. And there's mm -hmm. like a flip side movement now, which is like, you have to love your body all the time. Yes. You have to love your body. We're all somewhat in that gray area, probably. Most of us are like not 100% on board with our body all the time. Most of us hate that we even have to care. Most of us have all these different feelings about it. And I think the most important thing is to just like hopefully cultivate more openness about it and empathy because I think, you know, we don't know. You don't know like what you're talking about with your friend with that perfect body. The thing that you think it's going to get you in your head, if that's really like what you think will give you happiness, it will not. It that won't. will not. And those moments like we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, the people who gave us those validations when we were losing weight or the people who started to pay attention to us, that's not attention we should have even, we no, should, you know, but like that's not even attention that was valuable. That's no. stupid attention. That's yeah. not stuff that I would want. If you said to me, yeah, like you're saying, like your values and what, who do you want to be? If you said, do you want these creepy guys to look at you? I'd say, hell fucking no. Hell no. No. Who needs that shit? I don't need it. A again, go back to your eight-year-old self or, you know, if you want to be a, a parent one day, the eight-year-old that you're going to have, like that, it, that they say we develop like our personalities and our wants and our goals by like age 11. Mm -hmm. Like think about that stuff. Yeah. The stuff that made you uniquely you that that made you so happy before the world showed you this like really warped thing. A hundred percent. And also if you can be kinder about your own body and yourself and just try to be more empathetic. I've noticed I really don't judge people's bodies. I mean, everyone does on some level. You're totally. just, you know, it's always there. But I've found that through my own journey of like learning how to deal with all this stuff, I've become a much better person in terms of, I really don't see when my friends lose or gain weight. I don't care. I don't think about it. I don't register it. I think they're all beautiful. I love them. They're all tens in my book. Yeah. And I think it's like nice to know that if you start to bring that into your life, then you can like help maybe bring that on, bring out to others a little bit, or just, you know, that like you can I, be a better friend. You can be a better partner oh if, God, you, if you bring this into your life. I agree 100%. Yeah. Like RuPaul says, don't commit um, small acts of terror. 
if you see someone walking by you and you have the thought like, oh, they look chubby or they look too skinny or too fat or whatever you're thinking, tell tell yourself that that you need to uncondition yourself from having those thoughts. Yeah. Tell yourself, no, that person is beautiful for the way that they are. Yeah. And if you're surrounding yourself with people who are saying that sort of stuff, you need to vocalize to them, hey, that's really not cool with me. That's actually impacting and hurting my life on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And either you need to stop saying that sort of stuff or I just need, I can't be around you anymore. Yeah, 100%. It's hard. It's hard. It's, you know, it's and especially your our like or... culture of like, you know, snark and commenting and like being totally. a hater is like just part of our culture too. If you just choose like, you know what, I'm not going to do that. And I don't want to be around people who would, I want to be around people who lift me up and I can lift them up. And I really love what you said about looking at someone on the street and wondering, are they funny? Like whatever that is to you, that's a good exercise too. I've done that Mm. where like you have a first reaction to someone and then in your head you think of like another quality that they may be like, you don't know, maybe they're just like the nicest. The nicest, that's like a lovely thing to, it was a huge reason why I fell in love. This man like respected me. Yeah. Truly like I put up a boundary and then in our first month of dating, he never did that to me. He never pointed out other people that he thought were hot. And now we're at a point two years later where we have vocalized that it's okay if we reintroduce that. It's okay to like find other people attractive and talk about it. Right, right. And it feels open and cool and great. But set those boundaries up for yourself. Yes. And yeah, find that value of write down the thing that you love and and find it in other people. Totally. And when I love you're, that. And when you're at a party, gravitate toward those people. Yes, 100%. Like find the people that are going to make you laugh or are going to be nice to you or are going to offer you drinks. Or yes. <laughs> like and think about the people or, you admire, like all yeah. of the... You know, whatever thing you're passionate about, that person, you don't, unless you're a model, I don't think you admire them for their body. Like that would not even be on the list. And it's for me, at least too, it's like most of the people I admire are just saying, fuck convention. I don't give a shit. I'm not doing this to make you like me. I'm just being me. And I remember that. And like, that makes me feel better. It's just, okay. Yeah. Just be you. Fuck it. Just say, fuck it. Just say, fuck it. And also... (laughs) Just on the note of like, maybe no one knows the right, the exact right amount of food, exercise, nutrition, whatever. Mm -hmm. That is just acknowledging that that's all super tricky and that the whole world of fitness is trying to get you to think you're inadequate. The whole world of diet culture is trying to get you to feel like you need to buy something, spend money, be Mm -hmm. different. And when you think of it that way, you're like, do I want to play? My values don't align with playing into this like capitalist idea that I need to spend money to be happier. That's it's just where are your values in that? I spoke with a dietitian um, on the last episode who I thought did a really good job explaining this is like when you feel like you're getting sucked into diet culture, go back to your values, which is what you're saying too. go to the deeper things, go to the things that really matter to you. And I'm going to live that life. I'm going to yeah. live in a way that follows that. And that'll make me happy. Not following, Oh, this diet or this, you know, exercise or Posting an Instagram myself will make me feel better. It's the deeper stuff. It's like the the deeper work that you do as a human being. Yeah, I love that episode, and that's so so true. Yeah, and if that if that stuff is making you happy and you're enjoying it, then do it. Like I think you said, you did Whole Thirty, and it made you feel really good. Yeah, did the same thing, and it all yeah, it made me feel great. And yeah. it, that but that was more related to like if my intestines were inflamed and making me feel like I was going to, yeah, I feel like I've only talked about poop. No, I love it. Also, like, I don't want to, I mean, whatever works for people, but like the whole 30 thing for me was about, okay, what, like in its truest form, what it's supposed to be is that it, you take these things out and you see how they, you, and then you reintroduce them and you see how those foods have affected your digestive system in ways you may not have noticed. Like you may feel better on, and then when you're doing the whole 30 and then you reintroduce something and you realize, Oh, I felt like this all the time. I was sick all the time. So you start yeah. to see like sort of what food works for you. Some people take it as like a weight loss solution for like a 30 day cleanse. Mm. And that's not the intention. You know, no shame if anyone has done that. But I think it's important too to know like your life is long and with food and diet and exercise, there's a bunch of stuff you can try that makes you feel good. Yeah, Food that like really feeds you. I had a therapist once say to me, cause I was like talking about all this stuff of like other people needed to do and I needed people to like me and all this just feed yourself. Mm. And she didn't know at that point, my history with like a weird relationship with food. Yeah, And I wrote that down. Like that is exactly what food can do. That's what exercise can do. That's what being nice to yourself can do. Just feed yourself. Oh, I fucking love that. Isn't that good? Yeah. I love it. Feed yourself. <laughs> feed that yourself. can mean so many things and is 
yet so applicable. Yes. And like, don't wait for other people to feed you. No. You feed yourself. Hell no. Learn how to cook. You know what I'm saying? Learn how to cook. (laughs) Don't wait for other people to feed you ever. In general, I wouldn't be on this podcast if I didn't reach out to you and say, hey, because I was listening. I was a fan and I was like, I would love for Janie to ask me to be on. How are you to know that I would like had a history of anorexia if I didn't reach out and say, hi, Janie, I would like really love to be on the podcast. These are the issues that I I really appreciate it because we were talking about this before the show. This is the most awkward show to book guests on because it's like, hey, you seem like you have X, Y, Z. You want to come on? And I really appreciate it because it should just be like an open forum for people I love to just share their stories and hopefully give listeners better insight into how we're all very similar and we all have struggles. And hopefully I really do think like, I hope that listeners take away so many wonderful things that you've said and shared and your openness, but also generally just, I hope that it's inspiring to hear people talk about this in general, because we all go about our lives. We don't stop and like think or process what we're doing. And I think a lot of us are on autopilot and I would love for like listeners to feel inspired, to really think about not like what will help me lose weight, like what would actually make me feel fed? Yes. Let's use that. <laughs> yeah, make me feel fed. I love that. Yeah. yeah. What gives you passion in life? What are the things that truly make you happy? And like yeah. I said earlier about um, thinking my career had suffered from being so focused on this was I was taking so much time to just try to look hot, which is not what makes me special. Yeah. Like I, you know, Put, every time I put on a wig and did like a weird sketch video, I would lose followers and literally feel gay men not want to uh, <laughs> sleep with me anymore. Uh, and then you, if you just try to like not worry about that, right. then I put on a wig and like Lisa Kudrow tweeted me. Okay, so which would you rather have? A bunch of shallow guys not liking you or Queen herself, Lisa Kudrow, appreciating your genius? Queen herself. <laughs> herself because Lisa. when I was eight years old, she taught me what comedy was like Mm. she taught me comedic timing in my living room yeah and that at the core of you is like the thing that you really want see that's also a beautiful thing about comedy is that our icons the people we love the stuff we love to do they all like the good ones are just fucking funny period just yeah but like really rose to the top because they are just that damn good yes exactly yeah and you just Piggyback on that, like you also can have it all. Mm-hmm. You can like also have great sex and care about your body and focus on your body and do the thing that you're super passionate about. You just need to continue to check in with yourself and be like, is this consuming me? Yes. Is because this harming me? That's the thing. Another just a big takeaway for this is like acknowledging that the culture we live in, the things we're fed, the things we're told by our parents, society, the media, all of these things that are putting being put on us, our friends, everything is there. That's real. And you are, we are set up for failure. Totally. So it's just like, how can I do my best to navigate out of this in the most healthy way? Totally. I don't need to change everybody. I don't need to, you know, change society. It's like starting with me, I'm just going to like decide that I don't want to play this game to the best of my ability. I'm going to check out of this game. Yes. I am imperfect. Everyone is imperfect. I will do what I can do to make myself feel good and get the things that I want out of life. Yes. My God. I feel like I need this once a day. (laughs) (laughs) It is so important to check in. If you have a, if you have a buddy, that's also super helpful. Being in a relationship, I check in with my boyfriend every single day. We were like, what do you need from me today? What do you, you know, what are your, um, what do we say? What are, what are your wants mm. today? Well, that sounds healthy. Oh my God. It's so great. Whoa. We also see a <laughs> sex and uh, relationship therapist, which is <gasps> super, super helpful and wonderful. And I think everyone should do. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the big things she gave to us. And I think um, you can do that with uh, body image issues too. find a friend that's maybe even not even suffering from the same thing, but just find every, everyone deals with yeah. food issues. Yeah. Just, check in with people and be like, I'm feeling sort of this way. Get their advice. Get their advice. Oh my God. I love what you just said. I really admire your relationship. That's so beautiful. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we're reaching the end of the pod. This has been so, so lovely. And if people want to find you, if they want to connect with you, where would you direct them? Go to at tmurray06 on Instagram, on Twitter, subscribe to my YouTube page. Lisa Kudrow endorsed. I mean, what Lisa else is Kudrow there to endorsed? say? What more do you want, people? 
And you can see him doing LA, uh, LA all over comedy. I'm doing LA all over comedy. <laughs> what we just talked about scrambled my brain. It's great. <laughs> so see him doing LA all over comedy. Thank you so much for being here, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. You're such a joy. You're this a joy. So, fun. so wonderful. Yay. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.